This is Speaking with the Enemy on the Tie Cats Audio Network. Here is Louis Butko. Yes, the show is called Speaking with the Enemy. Louis Butko getting you set for this week's game and the enemy, the BC Lions, as the Ticats make their only trip to Vancouver this season. The only matchup between these two teams. And it is a guy quarterbacking the BC Lions who played his junior ball just um, just looking over there on the other side of the Burlington Skyway. But lots to get into with Matt Baker, Director of Content and Communications for the uh, BC Lions. And uh, Matt, let's start with uh, coming off the bye week, coming off their second bye week already uh this is a well-rested bc lions team this week yeah a bit of a quirk in the schedule uh, louis uh, good to be here by the way always great uh, talking on the tie cats audio network um yeah i mean talking to some of the players namely obum guachem defensive end for some preview content we're planning uh, for this week and he's kind of like, you know what, like, we're fresh, we're good to go. And I think a lot of these veteran guys especially would have loved to have played last week, kind of flushed that loss to Winnipeg and and prove that that wasn't uh, the true colors of the BC Lions. And But, hey, you just got to take what comes to you, two buys in the first six weeks, whatever it is. Of course, we'll have the Labor Day bye week once again. So this is going to be a very interesting uh, five, six-week stretch here for this team, Louie, because after Labor Day, it's eight games in eight weeks, five of those on the road. So mm-hmm. really have to make hay at home here uh, against a Hamilton team who I think personally is better than what their record shows. So there'll be, no, there'll be nothing for granted this week, uh, especially given what happened against Winnipeg here. Uh, when did you realize that this team was legit? When did you realize that this team, okay, the assembled players that, that that's here have a chance to do something, make some noise? You know, it, it's always easy to be excited in training camp, right? You know what training camp's like. Everyone's bound for the Grey Cup. Everyone's going to improve what they did last year. But um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it was the lack of COVID protocols. Maybe it was, you know, a product of, of the guys all being able to sit in rooms together. I was talking to TJ Lee and Gary Peters, a couple of the defensive backs, and they were saying, yeah, like every night we would just chill in one of the meeting rooms in Kamloops and watch movies and eat popcorn when the film study was over. That was something we couldn't do in 2021. We were all kind of secluded to our dorm rooms, but um, this is a group that is a nice mixture of veterans and some guys that were first years last year and new to the Canadian game. I don't care who you talk to. That takes an adjustment. And yeah, we have to talk about number 12, Nathan Rourke. <laughs> you mentioned him. Um, I, I think the fact that he actually practiced a lot of first team reps last year with Michael Riley being limited more often than not with his elbow injury. I mean, that's a kid who's really sharp up here as well. So um, he clearly has the ability to be a star in this league, and I think it's just a product of the continuity. Uh, these guys have been together now for more than one season. So a lot of football left, lots to correct, but uh, definitely uh, as good a start as we could have anticipated. Similar question, when did you know that Nathan Rourke was legit? Can't lie to you. Uh, the day Riley retired and, and our head coach Rick Campbell declared Nathan the starter was a little bit surprised. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with the ability of Nathan Rourke, but you know how this league works. Uh, you have to have one veteran in the quarterback room, but nope. Um, I knew it. I, I've been dealing with him basically since draft night when you know the media requests start coming in and you start learning more about the player. This is just a kid who eats, sleeps, breathes football. Um, he's all business. He's talented. He throws a great ball. He can scramble. Uh, I mean, I love watching those little bootleg 
on third and short that goes for 50 yards. I saw that in Ottawa. I think um, the fact that he's smart and he's even keeled is his best trade. And just kind of the more I got to know him, more sort of talking to him on a personal level, getting to know his family backstory and all of that, I kind of started to think at one point leading up to this season, like, yeah, I mean, this kid's a keeper. So, again, small sample size, but two-time performer of the week, uh, top performer of the month, and faced some adversity in Ottawa and overcame it quickly and came back and won a game there on the road in a tough environment. Those are the traits you look at and say, okay, yeah, this kid's going to be just fine. Yeah, and uh, just fine might be the understatement, like you said, with the small sample size. Half the games he's played, he's been a, a CFL top performer and, uh, yeah. like you said, top performer of the month. Uh, a lucky Whitehead, you mentioned uh, guys working their way back from uh, from injuries. Uh, obviously, he is one of those players that when he is 100% healthy, he is must-see TV. What is it about him that uh, that makes him special, and what does he bring to that uh, BC Lions team? Uh, sorry, Lucky Whitehead you were asking about? Yeah, yeah. It's cut out there for a quick second, but we're all good. Yeah, I mean, um, just brings a whole new element. You know, the ability to flip field position and, and turn the game on one play. And I don't think you've seen the best of him this season yet. He's been a little banged up, uh, sort of tweaked his ankle in our second game against Toronto was held out of practice in in a couple of those subsequent weeks, subsequent weeks, I should say. Um, Yeah, he he brought an element to this offense that had kind of been lacking prior to last year. We all know what Brian Burnham is capable of, uh, sharp route running, highlight reel catches, but you need, sometimes you need more than one of those guys uh, when you're, when you're looking to sort of rework and recreate your offense. And it's kind of been the best of both worlds because yeah, he hasn't been 100%. you got to get him 100%. But, you know, guys like him and Burnham being on the shelf now the last couple of weeks, it's also allowed uh, the likes of Dominique Rimes and Keon Hatcher to sort of get their fill, so to speak. So, you know, for a couple of years there, I, th- I think one thing that hurt this team is that it was it was pretty much Brian Burnham and that was it. Now, um, this is a group of offensive playmakers that can can really cause fits for the opposing defense, and you've seen that in their three wins this season. Yeah, uh, looking at uh, the the Delvin Bro in the secondary, we talked about him as well, possibly uh, looking like he's trending. Does he have a little extra motivation, do you think, in, in this game? You know, it's funny. Um, he's not saying it, but he's saying it. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of went up to him and said, going to see some old friends uh, this week. And he kind of just smiled and, and kept walking. And um, yeah, he's um, you, you know, all about him, uh, his playmaking ability. And that's a guy we used to come into Hamilton those couple years and, and just get smoked. And Delvin bro was one of those guys flying around. He was everywhere, uh, breaking up passes, uh, disrupting guys, getting in their heads. That's something this defense has needed a little bit more of. And um, he of course missed some time with his injuries early in the season. And I don't think we've seen the the best of him yet either. So um, when all three parts of your defense, talking about the line, the linebackers and the secondary are going, it starts up front and the defensive line has been greatly improved as well. Um, But yeah, um, I think Delvin's excited. He's, he's looking forward to, to showing his old friends uh, what he can do. Now, uh, we usually in this segment, uh, in this show, we like to fill in the blanks. The BC Lions will win this game if what? What has to happen? 
Well, I'll have to start quicker. I mean, that's been the bread and butter. Uh, long touchdown drives to start against Toronto and Edmonton, and to a lesser extent, Ottawa. Took them till the second series to score that mm-hmm. night. Uh, Winnipeg uh, opening kickoff, Janarian Grant gone, and you're playing catch-up. So this team needs to get back to, to sort of dictating things right away. We'll see how the coin toss goes, but start fast and and reestablish that dominance on the defensive line, I'll say. Those are very two. Uh, Zach Caleros here a couple weeks ago, there was three, four times I counted where it looked like they had him dead to rights for long losses, but instead he... He escapes and finds Dalton Schoen or Greg Ellingson, whoever his favorite target was on that particular play, uh, can't have that. And that was the Zach Caleros of old a couple weeks ago. And hmm. hey, if he's still playing like that, I mean, look out from a Winnipeg perspective. I know yeah. folks in Hamilton uh, know the type of quarterback Zach Caleros is. But yeah, start fast, get to Dane Evans, disrupt him early. And those will be two major ingredients, I think, uh, for this Lions team to get to four and one. Now, away from the football field, uh, we've seen a couple of new owners come into the league, but I don't think anyone has made an impact as quickly as Amar Doman has made uh, in BC. What has he done to rejuvenate? It's from the outside, it looks like, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but what has he done to rejuvenate the fan base in that city? Obviously, Vancouver is a world-class city, but I mean, it has been night and day what we've seen there. And obviously coming out of the pandemic, you were expecting some challenges, but we've seen what's been going on in BC Place. We've seen the crowds. What has uh, the new ownership done to, to really put some energy back in this fan base? Yeah, um, Amara's outstanding. And, you know, it, a local guy who's passionate about the market, so just having a much, much more of a presence when the game's not going on. And, and I've heard a couple of people, it might have been uh, the radio guys in Saskatchewan in preseason when they were here saying, yeah, I've never really noticed like your club present downtown, like signs and banners all over the place. And you have to have an establish, you have to establish it, I was going to say, downtown here in this case. I mean, the demographics mm-hmm. of the city have changed, but Amara's great because he's giving it all back community-wise, like uh, our, our community team or promo team they're out at way more events than they used to be like they're out at kitts beach stanley park um we're having much more of an emphasis with community football flag football and it's a type of thing where if we're out on a flag football practice every kid leaves with a shirt that's the first thing amara doman said when he bought the team is like all i see here is people in nfl stuff and that angers me i'm taking the words out of his mouth so like you, I started watching following the BC Lions because my grandparents had season tickets and they started me early. So Amar is so great because he knows you have to get in at the grassroots level. And because of that, you're seeing the club out in the community way more than it used to be. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun to watch from afar. And uh, I can't make this one, unfortunately, but hopefully very soon I can get out to uh, to BC Place to get to experience it uh, myself. Matt, I really appreciate you doing this. Enjoy the game this week. Yeah, uh, I think you might be hosting a Western team in the playoffs, but hopefully it's not going to be us. Yeah, hopefully it's not, because uh, I remember last time uh, the Lions came to town uh, in a playoff game here. I think they were very quickly run out of town, if I remember that game correctly. Yeah, that uh, was well, uh, <laughs> that was not an enjoyable three hours uh, for us, but... Well, you know what? This has been an enjoyable 12 minutes for me, and I'm sure our listeners appreciate it too. Matt, really appreciate you doing this. This has been Speaking with the Enemy on the Ticats Audio Network.